Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift for what was supposed to be a boring transition sprint stage of Ultra Catalonia <laughs> and actually turned into, frankly, one of the best stages of the year that we've seen so far. Incredible stage. They took out the final climb, maybe for safety reasons. I don't yeah. actually know why they did that. Uh, so it turned into 175Ks from Matorey to Molas de Rey. And... It's hilly all day with one categorized climb, but really it's always up and down. And then the Alta La Croix d'Aragal, I can't do it. The Spanish name's Cruce, it's cross of something. 5.6k, 6%. It's actually a hard climb. It has a 13% pinch in it, according to the TV graphic at least. That crests uh, 28k's from the finish, which is like a step descent. Mount Nebo aficionados will note aficionados will know it goes up and down there's little punches throughout the descent and then they have an intermediate sprint at Paleja, which is uh no Palleja, which is like 10k's from the finish on the flat so there's also a sprint before it's a tricky little stage that with that climb being taken out there's supposed to be a, a 2k 9% climb close to the finish I think if that climbs there, Benji, no way, I don't think, Israel and Cofidis and Alperson will control a breakaway if that climb is there. I think so as well. I think then they're maybe looking for a breakaway opportunity instead of what they were looking at here, which was controlling the breakaway from the peloton. Now, it was a long fight for the breakaway, half the stage actually, because I think Yumbo and Quickstep were the ones that were kind of fucking it up for all the other breakaway riders because we see attacks at the start of multiple quickstep riders first of all i saw a break with kataneo in it and i was like "Ooh, this is interesting is this a satellite rider what if an mq evenable wants to attack later on in the stage then we see a bit later that break gets caught and we see the next guy von wilder in the breakaway together with someone else when he calfing from lotto that break once again gets absorbed by the peloton masnada goes in a break and this time actually the break gets away. It's a group of six riders with Oscar Only, who has been in the break twice this, uh, this Catalonia, was expecting him to try for GC in the first place, considering he has been good in climbs in Andalusia, if my mind serves me right, and last year in Croatia, of course. Or it was Valenciana, one of the two. Anyway, one week race in February. In that group as well, Simone Velasco, your pick from yesterday, man. Did you yep. have confidence? I did, actually. I thought... <laughs> I didn't think they'd drop him on the climb and I don't think they would have kept him away because Bouchard was in the break. He's the best climber in the breakaway, but 5.6k, 6% is not that long. And then you've got Verona to work with a Velasco behind and Bouchard is the least aerodynamic rider I've ever seen. If you watch his tour of the Alps stage win, he's a pure climber. He's like the OG textbook pure climber. I really like Bouchard. Um, but keeping a solo gap on a 25k step descent he will not do 
unless they have group two syndrome. Anyway, I like Belasco. So uh, he's got one of those ones where he's Italian, right? But he's got, I always pronounce his name like he's Spanish, like Brambilla, sorry, not Brambilla. Um, anyway, <laughs> Israel Cofidis controlling. They've got Lecoq. They have Strong. Corbin Strong, who came third the other day. Groves is here as well. Alperson a little less active controlling. And if we sort of fast forward to the base of this climb, we've had a the GC teams do a lead oh, out into lo, the base. The first intermediate sprint. Oh, you are forgetting yeah. about Bauman leading out Roglic. <laughs> you were in the mountains. Your yeah. hike. You got a story this time? Attack by vultures? Uh, no, nothing really. Just like Fuck. I went up. Oh, I went up some like there's still snow about. It was over two thousand meters, so. Is uh went up like an ice wall on one side, then the other side I was predicting there'd be no snow because it had sun in the morning and I was correct. So I didn't have any da- disasters today. So very happy. Congratulations. I'm happy that you're still alive. Yeah. Anyway, outside of that intermediate sprint, we had Baumann leading out Roglic at the first intermediate before the broadcast. Roglic takes one second on the MQ in the pool there. So at that sprint, one second for Roglic. Anyway, back to your story. We're heading towards the climb. The break has roughly 45 seconds. I feel like Jumbo also did some work in the last portion before that climb to tone it down a bit because they might also have in mind why does Quickstep have Maznan in the breakaway? What is the plan here? Will Emko Evenpool try something on this climb, knowing that he might have a satellite rider in Maznada after that climb or something? I would guess that's why Jumbo also closed it down, right? I think so. You don't want Masnada there over the crest to help a potential Evenepoel move. So that maybe, and also positioning into the base. I think now often this is a really fine line. This isn't even a criticism. This is an observation. On stages like this, it's really tricky to catch the break after the final climb, even though it's far from the finish. Yeah. That being said, if you pace super hard with your team at the base, even when the break is already in shot and caught, you risk turning the stage into a stage that is too difficult for your sprinter and not being able to control. It's a really fine balance. And I think Israel maybe uh, erred a little bit too much on the side of uh, bring back the breakaway, which was dead, frankly. Like, they were literally, they had five seconds, you could see them, and then Bouchard Fuga de la Fuga, but he again, like, don't worry about a solo guy too much. It's not like Jungles and Velasco and the, um, you know, X guy in, in Valenciana, a- and I think they went a little bit too hard, Israel. I potentially agree, to be honest. Now, the advocate of the devil in me says, were they maybe trying to drop a sprinter that they believe doesn't climb as well as oh, strong gross. maybe they consider strong a better climber hill rider than gross but then again gross climbs pretty well we saw it in catalonia the mm. last stages numbers in that stage were pretty on point so like i wasn't necessarily seeing gross be put in danger that easily by just the israel temple but the israel temple was really strong because the group They're was really people. thinning out they're gapping people like you mentioned but Maybe they also weren't expecting what happened afterwards. Now, this break is about to get caught. We see that break coming close to the peloton. 20 seconds, 10 seconds. Bouchard attacks his uh, fellow teammates there. No, team, not teammates. Breakaway companions. And 
He gets away for a tiny bit, but then we see an attack from the group behind. It's not Roglic, it's not Remco Evenepoel. It's Mark fucking Solaire. He's going. He thinks he's Contador again, and he's flying up that hill. He's so good. And he gets a gap, right? Solaire is legit probably as good as Contador was, when you really think <laughs> about it. If you do think about it. <laughs> I love Mark Solaire. Um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> It's actually a really good attack, and it's such a shame that he lost that time on La Molina, his own fault, but it's still a great attack because you got Almeida in third. This is the best way for UAE to improve their GC position because yeah. if Almeida attacks, Remco and Roglic will respond, nothing will happen. Now, if Soler attacks over 50 seconds back, well, Yumbo and Quickstep not going to immediately respond. And no one really did. And he quickly has 20 seconds. And then Bahrain start pacing with uh, Maida, maybe, or Poles, I think, uh, or Pernsteiner. Maybe I think Someone. it was Pernsteiner. And, or Keplinger. And they're protecting you Landers. the entire team. <laughs> no, nah, it was Keplinger or, or Pernsteiner. Um, <laughs> Getting made into descent. And they're protecting Landers fourth on GC. He's on the same time as Soler, I think, but he is ahead of him because of stage finishing positions. So, yeah, finish protecting that fourth on GC. Bit of a shame, obviously. And, and Soler's yeah. got form for this. He won a Vuelta break last year, similar, but that was from the breakaway. He won a Vuelta stage from Overstar when they had a terrible year in 21, I think, mm -hmm. in, an, in the first week, maybe. It was like yeah. a crest of a climb. He went and then held it. He's a good descender. Good descender, and these are quite good roads for a solo descender. Um, I think compared to the bunch, the speed bumps, there's everything in this descent coming up. Like it's not actually the most technical descent of itself. It's when you get into town, it's really tricky. And yeah, fantastic from Soler. And before we get to the big action, that's not even the big action. A word in our show partner, Zwift, the Zwift Hub. If you want to get the best deal in cycling, any tech product, I've now broadened it, the read. Not just the best value trainer on the market, the best value cycling product on the market, a direct drive trainer, easy to set up and install with realistic feel for under 500 US or 500 euros, smashing the competitors out of the park. If you want to check it out and jump in and jump onto Zwift, you can go to Zwift.com, get a free seven-day trial when you get that Zwift hub delivered to your door. But yeah, Benji, that wasn't the piece de resistance of this stage. It was Remco. Yes, Remco Evenepoel. I was expecting something from him knowing that, well, we saw him was not in the breakaway, but maybe his mind would have been changed by the fact that their quick step right when the break was caught and therefore they didn't see the risk valuable, but no, 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 no. Remco Evenpool attacks on the left side of the road, and we kind of see it from the helicopter view, where he's like going on the left side around the bend, and as a consequence of doing it around the bend, I would see on that view that Roglic wasn't instantly on his wheel, and there was a gap yeah. of a solid 10 to 15 meters when that attack started, and Roglic was trying to bridge so quickly towards Remco Evenpool, and he managed to do it. He's in the wheel, but it was difficult, right? Yeah, and the way Remco attacked before the bend, he can then cut the bend a bit sharper and faster, and Roglic has to go around the Bahrain train, which aren't reacting to Avenapol around the bend the long way. It was really good timing from Remco. It seemed to catch 
Roglic by surprise a little bit. It actually reminds me a lot of the the original No Risk No Glory stage yeah. when Roglic attacked. Similar, it's in Spain. It's the end of the GC position we think is established. It's not that hard a stage. All of a sudden, the climb is getting paced really hard, and it's actually becoming quite strung out and selective, and then bang, but it's not Rog going. And Rimko keeps it up. Soler gets over the climb first. Bahrain are pacing still behind. Uh, now, on, as they get over the crest with Maida, and Haig before, actually, sorry, Jack was pacing on the climb before Maida. And I, I got no problem with Remco. You, you keep it up on the climb. You go full gas on the climb. Yeah. You maybe, you, you have Solaire as your bridging point. I'm going to go full gas, even without Roglic helping me. We'll get across to Solaire and then we'll reassess. I got no problem with that. And I think, yeah, I don't see an issue with that. He's, taking Roglic away from his teammates. He's 11 seconds behind him on GC. Maybe they'll all work together. I don't know. He could win the sprint. Um, but Roglic, Roglic should never relay Benji, at least not in the first part. Exactly. I would say that Roglic should never relay because Remco might in his head actually keep pacing. We've seen it in the last few stages that in certain stages, Remco keeps pacing. So if you're Roglic, you're hoping that he keeps pacing and that he keeps pacing you in the descent. And towards the intermediate sprint that happens six kilometers before the finish line here. So that's that's like an ideal situation, right? Remco keeps pacing you and you try and beat him in the intermediate sprint without having paced the entire time. That's like a logical way to go if maybe you're Roglic. So <laughs> maybe to the finish, why not? Let's take it. But it's also an intriguing descent because while Remco keeps pacing into the descent, there are these sections where it kind of goes very steep uphill for a second. Like I'm guessing yeah. seven, eight percent for like steep. 200 meters. And we see Soler having a bit more trouble at the front. The gap is closing down. It's like four or five seconds in these narrow descents on these steep parts. And Emko closes it down with Roglic in the wheel. And then it's kind of opened up again for like two seconds, but they close it down again. And then we get the view from the peloton, who's much closer now. They're like a, literally a helicopter view. Right side of the view, you have Remco, Soler and Roglic. And on the left side, 200 meters behind was Bahrain pacing like Matt, so they must have torched yeah. one of those like uphill sections because otherwise you're not so. that close suddenly. Or they were faster in the descent, which is also a possibility. Then again, Solaire is not a shit descender. But I don't think that, usually, yeah? I think Bahrain full sent a couple of the pinches and it just yeah. ripped the peloton apart and Hayter's dropped at this point. Ineos hadn't been working as much today, but that's Hayter done for. Uh, we have no idea who's in the group, really. I, yeah. I see Almeida, I see UAE jerseys, and I'm like, maybe that's why Bahrain are pacing. Um, I, but you can't tell if Groves is there, if Cockhart is there really uh, live. Too much is going on. And I did notice that Remco did close Soler in the, descent, in the descent, but he definitely, he's still not comfortable on the wheel. I'll die on this hill. He is not as comfortable descending on the wheel because... He let Soler's wheel go a couple of times. Now, maybe in isolation, this is, you know, Mark Soler on home roads, yeah. taking better lines that no one else can follow. But it's just something I've just, from Brabant's last year, something I've been following. I think, yeah, he, he doesn't like being on the wheel as much when it's full gas. That doesn't mean he's a bad descender. Yeah. It's like we're talking when it's really on the limit, people are pushing. Anyway, they drop Soler. Renko yeah. and Rog go clear. 
Exactly. And we also notice that the group behind, a group that is still led by Bahrain, has less domestiques at the front. So there's like two domestiques at that point pacing and the gap starts to, starts to come out again. And that is very noticeable because you're also seeing people drop, like Hager was dropped behind. So that's very intriguing. Like Thomas is also not pacing anymore. He's trying to get Hater back to the peloton in this ascent as well. So there's a limited amount of domestiques behind, which lengthens the gap again that the Demko and Roglic have. And the next obstacle is the six kilometers from the line intermediate sprint. And I'm thinking, what can Remco do in this situation? He either stops, because Roglic on paper will torch him from his wheel if he leads out Roglic towards the intermediate sprint. Or the other option is something I doctored while we were with 10k to go, and I was like, what if Remco gives away the one second and the intermediate sprint, does a fake sprint, like launches, but goes yeah, into the wheel of Roglic wheel. afterwards? And then attacks Roglic the second the intermediate sprint ends. I there's no way Roglic expects that. I think anything would have been better than what Remco did, frankly. I mean, I also didn't understand once Soler was dropped and then caught by the group. I didn't know why Bahrain were pacing. They have no sprinter. <laughs> and the two guys yeah. up the road are like a minute plus ahead of Rem uh Lander on GC. So I had no idea why they're chasing full gas after Remco and Roglic because they're not going to win the stage and they're not going to improve their GC position. And they eventually stopped, but they were the ones that really kept the gap stable at never getting it above 23, yeah. 24 seconds. And we just see Remco remonstrating with Roglic over and, <laughs> and over, getting increasingly frustrated. And it's like, why would Roglic pull? And also, I think if Roglic was on 30 seconds on GC, he pulls. Because yeah. he's still more likely to win the stage. He does 20% of the work, probably less than 20% of the work. He just offers a few pulls. Those two fight for the stage win. He loses the stage. He's now on 26 seconds. But exactly. He's not on 30 seconds. And so he, and also, I like, I know this. This was the Remco where I'm not one of those people. I'm a uh, Remco, not denier. What's the opposite of denier? Enthusiast. Yeah, I like I always say Remco sometimes gets a hard time in the media. Uh, but this is one of those examples where he adds a little bit of the fuel to the fire. Where if Rolich just said no the first five times, then and nothing's changed, he's probably not going to say yes the seventh time. And getting frustrated with him won't really change anything. Exactly, and you only fuel the, the haters even more to hate you even more in that kind of situation, but you also fuel your fans to hate on Roglic even more because they'll be like, oh, the wheel sucker, he's been wheel sucking this entire Catalonia, but that is the right strategy for Roglic. There's no way you can say to Roglic, uh, could you please pace with me? He won't do that, especially because the Nemco sprint has gotten so significantly yeah. better <laughs> compared to two years ago. If it was three years ago with his 500-watt sprint, I was like, Roglic, yeah. pace, destroy him everywhere. I'm fine with it. But today, there's no way Roglic should pace at all. But it's fucking funny, eh? The drama, I love it. It fuels the Giro. I am so, so looking forward to Giro d'Italia, the rivalry between these two men. There's no way they like each other of the bike as much as they might have done a year ago, I think. But then again, Remco said in the media that Roglic no, is his idol. Yesterday, yeah, Remco is very... <laughs> it's just a heat in the moment stuff. Again, like, yeah. I'm not saying... People should hate on Remco for it. I'm just saying this will add fuel to the fire for yep. that 
people who have that pre-existing perception of him. But what was clear to me, he didn't have a plan. The plan was to attack, but yeah. then there was no plan. And it's also the car, Benji. Shouldn't yeah. the car be like telling him, listen. My plan, right? He's not, he's not pulling, like maybe stop just pulling Roglic for 25 kilometers in the wheel. Like they didn't really seem to have a plan B or what we do if the plan A doesn't work, which is Roglic, which you should expect, by the way, being able yeah. to follow on 5K, 6%. Um, I kind of think Roglic actually should have pulled to the intermediate. Just one pull, I think, because what happens is they sit up, Remco is frustrated. I would, I really wanted Roglic to attack him when they're on other sides of the road because that or would the have other been way around. really... Because then yeah, Remco goes behind the Exactly. Remco could have tried attacking him again from a, yeah. a standstill to the, towards the intermediate, but he didn't try any of that. He just asked him to pull over and over and over and over, and Roglic was like, I'm not going to, and then he just got mad. Um, <laughs> I think Roglic, I mean, again, it's in the moment how he felt, but if you go to the intermediate, you do one pull or so, Remco has spent more than you. He will probably just lead you out in the sprint. You're more likely, I think, to take the second. Um, that doesn't happen. Asia Duara pacing behind for Dorian Godon. We saw that in Cadell Evans Road Race, much to the chagrin of, I think, your boy Bistrom and Schmidt. They were clear. I remember them pacing. And this it does for them. They're caught. And then a second later, Cohen Bowman's back to the front leading out Roglic, Remco's not in the wind, and Remco has anger watts and <laughs> destroys Roglic in the sprint like, for the intermediate. It's his best sprint, <laughs> his best sprint he ever. He could have beat Jakobs in 1v1. <laughs> yeah, dude. Should they send him to Handvabelheim tomorrow? <laughs> Three sprinters. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, abandon <laughs> Catalonia, Handvabelheim instead. He had no leader. <laughs> well, um, Bauman kind of let him out indirectly. Bauman should have closed him. Okay. <laughs> yes, but legally. We got to add that. <laughs> I don't think he could have legally, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, Merku would have closed him. Um, so Remco's back on 10 seconds, which is important for tomorrow because if he's on, I don't know the stage finishing positions, but for example, if he was on 11 seconds, he wins the stage, Roglic doesn't place, Roglic still win, wins GC as long as they neither take intermediate. So taking that second back is really important for tomorrow, actually. Anyway, we're going into the sprint. Cockard is there. Godon is there, Groves is there, and I think Edish Helling, Maxim Van Hills, Krohn, as well as, yeah, that's it. Chacon is getting mixed up, and it's just chaos. Like, Soler counters, I think, again. Lander had attacked on the flat. I've never seen him attack on the flat before. Absolutely goated move. They should have let him go. Despicable that they didn't. And Akiba Kern Farmer guy, eventually Tobias Foss, who's been very, very good as a domestique this week, I think, goes to front, parks it on. 400 watts and says basta enough and just starts pacing towards the line and we're gonna have a sprint tool kane gross has a flat with 3.7 k's <laughs> to go and oh. he, he doesn't he does the he he's on the radio i think it was quicker to do the teammate bike change than the bike off the car it had yeah. to be five to seven seconds quicker yeah murisa is the guy that stops with him and he takes murisa's bike which is a higher bike, which is like a larger bike than Gross. Really? And Gross continues on Murray's bike based on what I read on the internet after the stage. So could be selling you bullshit, but hey, that's what this podcast is for. If you saw it on Twitter, <laughs> it's definitely true. Anyway, unlike Groves is out, he's on the wrong bike. 
which doesn't didn't look like it fit in that well. He is at the back of a peloton, which is going through a road furniture roundabouts, and he gets back on with, I don't know, 2.5 or something less. And he's lucky that really there are no teams domestics. with deep, Yeah, with any domestics left. That's helped. He's also bigger. He can move through the peloton. He had Alperson teammates. They did a good job bringing him back up. And we have the messiest sprint ever, which also the production, like no one knew, knew who won live because they switched to the front on shot as they were crossing the line. Goaded production. And anyway, Caden Groves absolutely mops everybody from the back after the puncture, after a really hard stage. Very, very impressive. Beats poor old Cockard. You must be wondering, damn, he must have thought he had it when, when Gross is out the back. Yeah. Schelling, third, Maxim Van Hills fourth, Remco fifth, Crohn sixth, Godon seventh, then Conrad Roglic, Finn Fisher black. Uh, so yeah, Bora, another two in the their lead outs. Not, I've got to rewatch it, but maybe they're... <laughs> poor, old e- poor old Eda is all I'll say on that one. But Remco, Benji, I could tell, I mean, we've, we've made the Fred Wright jokes over and over about Roglic or whatever, but to me, Roglic almost was like, this ain't worth it in this sprint. <laughs> I th- he clearly, and, and in my opinion, cleverly was like, this ain't worth it. This is way too hectic. Groves is coming through like a train against all these tiny against climbers. Remco. Yeah. And, no, and then he comes through and then Remco's sort of moving a little bit. He's moving that way and he gives Remco the big don't argue and Remco just <laughs> bounces off him. But I think that's what Roglic was trying to avoid. Yeah. I think so as well. Roglic definitely sat up with X amount of uh, meters to go. I don't know if it was 25 meters to go or so, but you clearly see that Remco keeps sprinting while while Roglic is basically stopping. So I'm pretty sure if Roglic also sprints for his life here, that he can top seven in this sprint. Top six, maybe. His position wasn't as good as Remco's, I think, going into the sprint. And Remco getting fifth in a group sprint is pretty strong, but then again, his sprint has severely bettered over the, over the last year. And then again, the, the furious Watts help as well honestly he should always be angry just always be angry at everybody because it seems like it actually adds what's to him anyway Edith Kelling once again a strong performance in a group sprint which I'm starting to enjoy because he's back alive I was a bit unfortunate that he was not present in the last two years but what a bloody stage man like if you saw this beforehand you were like (laughs) Breakaway, group sprint, maybe. Yeah. There's one option that Rem Quimble atta- attacks on the climb. We mentioned yesterday as an option, but I believed in it like like 5% chance. <laughs> oh, I thought he'd attack. I thought Re- Roglic would close it. I thought he would stop, and then we'd yeah. have a sprint. But hey, um, looking good, eh? Looking good, eh, for the Giro? The Giro. I mean, Roglic, Roglic hasn't put a foot wrong this year. Like, mm-hmm. Roglic has not made a single mistake tactically this year. And yeah, He's riding very passive, but he's he's doing he's done everything yeah. right so far. I would argue that if you're a quick step at the moment, don't you say to yourself, "Well, Landa attacked after the intermediate sprint. Remco responded to that a tiny bit, or was it Soler that attacked after the intermediate sprint? Someone attacked after the intermediate sprint. And Remco responded. Rogic didn't really react to it that quickly. Reacted to it a bit late, but Remco was like, oh, I'm not going to get away anyway.' But yeah. You think there's something in attacking after an intermediate sprint for Remco? I think he's got to lean into the aero bullet stuff a bit more. It's what you were saying. It's don't attack. Like, the most Remco's been dropped this week, and obviously I got yesterday's prediction wrong, but the most he's got gapped is on the steepest climb. 
Yep. On Lamolina, he put Roglic in the hurt box and then took a couple of seconds, won that stage. And yeah, he's really hard to bring back on the flat. So him just riding a steady pace with Roglic in the wheel didn't seem very, yeah, wasn't probably the right thing to do. Um, I think there's no TT in this race. We do, Still, we have tomorrow's stage we're going to do a preview of in a second, but I wonder if there was a TT, say Remco's 15 seconds ahead, how that would change things. I don't know, because the Giro obviously has three TTs. Uh, but I would say the Quick Step team is extremely strong, as they showed yesterday. I don't think their approach to stages in the overall race is as um, like clinical as Yumbo. Yep. This week, maybe a bit of a self pat on the back there. Not really. <laughs> uh, nothing to do with Catalonia. Um, but yeah, like Foss is controlling stage as well. Rog, which is I'm going to go here. I'm going to. This is my strategy. Rem goes a little bit more. We'll just do this. Or we'll just do that. I'll attack here. Yeah, I think so as well. That's something I would also uh, like to point out, as in like, for example, I was watching the Quick Step documentary a few days ago, and in their Liege... Which, which Benji's in, by the way. Ooh, hype in the chat. Anyway... Were you in English? I was in English, because they wanted to make it more international. So I'm in there for a solid probably five minutes, but hey. Because I'm it. the Dutch speaker of this podcast. Yeah, you're the Dutch speaker <laughs> here. Anyway, I was watching that that um that quick step documentary, and there's this moment about LBL 2022 where in the car they say, Yeah, Remco was thinking about attacking here somewhere on La Redoute. And when you say that, I'm like, shouldn't you like know the exact position that he's going to go on this climb? Or at least like like, it does seem pretty obvious that that was a spot to go on La Redoute, right? We said it three months before LBL started that that was the place to go for Evenepoel in the race. So I'm like, do they doctor out every single potential option? And then afterwards, if a strategy happens, do they doctor out every single situation that could unfold afterwards to be prepared for every situation? Because that's what seemed like felt them today. Yeah. I mean, it might not matter, and Remco can still win this race, but yeah, I think it's an experience thing. And honestly, I think, they, as I said, Remco can still very easily win this GC tomorrow. He is 10 seconds behind, and it's a hard stage, but they have approached this race a little bit, actually. It reminds me of Roglic in the TDF 2020. That uh, we, And listen, I thought Remco was the strongest, but that's also why I thought they should pace full gas on Volta, and they didn't. And Remco didn't launch early with Chavez uh, like they did on Laporte yesterday. And it seemed to me a little bit of a, ah, oh, we'll, we'll take time later. We'll take time later. We'll be, we'll be, we'll be stronger later. But Rolich improved. He's improved since Torino, evidently from the Watts. So yeah. it, it kind of reminded me of that a little bit, whereas, and that's what they're battling against, where... Yumbo didn't have the Ineos Sky decade of Grand Tour experience, but they're probably ahead of that in terms of where Quickstep is at the moment, who are still transitioning from focusing on classics. Anyway, just something to monitor. Um, but as Benji said, this is like RCS could not be happier with how ASO's <laughs> um, <laughs> race Catalonia has unfolded. I think so as well. Now, a quick thing. Mikhail Simeon on Twitter has posted that, like a screenshot of the race where Remco seems to apologize to 
Roglic after they are caught. So it seems like they're all good and okay. So uh, no imminent drama boxing fighting coming between the two before the Giro as like a hype up event. To that. Okay, we'll choose to ignore that. They're fighting before the Giro. <laughs> hand to hand combat. Anyway, tomorrow's stage is a stage where last year, I don't even remember what happened last year in the Barcelona stage. Also, Walter was oh, good. Your boy. Oh, he's always good because that descent is really good for him. Yeah. Now, Bajoli won that in like a reduced sprint, but I recall mostly the UAE battle there where. He's so good. Yuzu and Almeida <laughs> fell to ride for each other, and as a consequence, they did not really <laughs> and have. Thomas a... just went, choo 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 choo. Oh, was it? Was that year before? <laughs> that was the year before, I think. <laughs> I keep getting them confused. <laughs> Who won Catalonia last year? Higita. Higita, because of the raid attack with Carapaz yeah, on yeah. that stage where Yuzu attacked Almeida <laughs> in the wet descent. So Fernando <laughs> Barcelo was third on this stage last year. That is some Get trivia I would, I, would not, <laughs> I would not have got. Um, okay, to, to basically explain this stage, it's chill outside of Barcelona to the north uh, west uh, where Sepkus trains often and, and then they come back in through Llobregat and then they do a loop around the Monjuith uh, Castle in Barcelona near the like the beach area, which all the British people go to, I think. Um, so it's 2.7 case, 4.7%. That's a lie. This is a fake news climb. It's like <laughs> a kilometer at 5% flat and then 700 meters at 11%. So... I don't know. It's two separate climbs. Um, and it's basically this big punch at the end. They do five repetitions of it at least, I think. And then uh, the last one, though, is five and a half Ks from the finish, but there's a little punch after it. It's a hard old stage. It's no Pyrenees stage eight, but, and we have had less GC changes here compared to Pyrenees stage eight, mostly because the weather is nice and, you know, it's in Barcelona. Road surface is good. <laughs> But this is tricky for Yumbo tomorrow, Benji and Roglic. Yeah, I think so as well. Now, Remco's definitely going to attack at some point on any of these Monjuics. The question is, where will he do it? I'd expect him to do it relatively early because he wants to make separation and wants to make the race really hard. And I would just want them to launch it on the first, second or third climb. Probably the second or third climb. The first one looks to be a, a bit far from the finish line to do that. Third last would be the latest at which I expect the move from Uremko Evenepoel. Because yeah. one Monjwick won't be making the difference, I think, between the two. You really want to it to, to be like an, an endurance race between the two, where Remco can really put pressure across these climbs into, into Roglic. I think it will be difficult, but it's not impossible. So we will see moves there. It's going to be action. And uh, actually don't know how the race will unfold as a consequence. It would not shock me. That Remco tomorrow risks it all if he attacks and keeps riding with Roglic and Will until the line. Because why not on the final stage? Because otherwise you're taking away potential stage win opportunity to sprint at the yeah. end. Maybe. Uh, Yumbo are going to want the break to go, obviously. Quickstep are going to want to put guys in the break, I would guess. Although... I actually don't know how useful a satellite rider is for Remco because they're not going to be able to go faster than Remco if he does get a separation. <laughs> yeah. You may as well use your teammates to just pace really hard for him. Um, so 
I don't think the break will win because of Quickstep needing those bonus seconds. And Lander also might want to move from fifth to fourth because Soler actually came third in the last intermediate sprint, took a second and moves into fourth. Well, a little, little note. Uh, I think yeah. Mark Soler will win the stage, though, uh, in an attack on Ooh. the last Monjuith that Remco and Roglic will let go because they've already been responding to attacks from each other and Soler's not that close on GC. The descent, he will absolutely ping it. And so Soler wins this stage solo in Barcelona. Oh, I've got a much more endearing scenario. What I want to see is that Emko Evenepoel win the sprint against Roglic in a 1v1 and they're same time in GC and I have no clue who wins GC. That's the perfect scenario. But if they're 1v1, <laughs> Roglic only loses four seconds. Yeah, fuck, that's an issue. Oh, my math is wrong. That's a problem. Um, well, that's boring then. Remco needs to take an intermediate second. Yeah. So he needs to beat Roglic in an intermediate. And he then needs to win the stage and Roglic to not come top three or obviously be gapped. So yeah. he needs to attack away. Yeah. He needs yeah. to drop him. As simple as that. Yeah. As, Should be good. As, as simple as that. I'm like, how oh, simple to drop Roglic on this part? <laughs> Probably not. It's going to be, be good. A, I think Remco needs to make it a 1v1 as early as possible on this parkour and we're going to have a banging stage if that happens the later he does it the less of a chance that he can drop Roglic I think on this stage I think it'll be really difficult to drop Roglic either way but I'd like to see him open it up early he has to he has to that was the problem last year they opened up too late um, but can he attack him on the flat in between the Mondrics instead of the climb itself because on the climbs Roglic will expect it I mean I think Roglic is going to be on his wheel the whole day. He should be. <laughs> like He's the main man to focus on. Otherwise, unfortunate news is that Bernal was involved in a crash during the stage, I think maybe pre-TV coverage, and he had to abandon the race. Yeah. That was really... I'm not sure it was with Pradas, if my memory serves me correctly. Really a shame that he's coming back into form. He's looking good, you know, getting back, and he crashed in the bands again. He had to abandon... San Juan, he crashed on the earlier stage there, was good on Colorado, but then had a bit of a knee pain, and now yep. he's crashed and abandoned again. So that's really unfortunate. Hopefully he's able to come back soon and it's not too bad and they were just taking precautions because, frankly, they don't have much to race for here. So hopefully it's not too bad and they were just being cautious. I think so as well. And to be honest, the only thing they can do tomorrow is hope that Hater has a better day than today and get no, some of these climbs chance. and have a reduced group. But I don't see it either. Zero chance. We wait. I, I don't see it happening either. Now, a final question. We are live streaming this podcast on YouTube at the moment. And there was a question from uh, the man Guzman who donated in the chat. And he asks, what are those ask art artworks behind you? Is it Rick and Morty? <laughs> he asks. No, so these are from Luemans, who's actually designing our merch that we'll be releasing for the Giro. Just before the Giro, it's a little bit of a teaser. We've teased a few of them on Twitter. Um, they're really good custom designs. We've got Tug Buddy stuff. We're really, really, really happy with them. We're not just slapping the logo on some T-shirts. Uh, so we think you really like them. But these are some of the designs from last year. One of them, my right shoulder. That's Luemans handing me... I think a bag with a photo of Naira Quintana in it and he's like in a cave and lots of other things. These are the relegation <laughs> battle ones. So the one closest to me here is Arno Dali holding a rope that's snapping with John Lelong in the rope 
falling <laughs> off a cliff. Unfortunately, that rope snapped. Um, <laughs> but we never got a follow-up image. And Vorders and uh, Sylvan Adams is with Lelong, and Vorders is actually making his way off the cliff, and he he was able to get over the the edge and save himself. The other one is uh, Sagan at Tour de Suisse coming back from the dead last year. Did he win a stage last year? Mario uh, Schmidt looking Romandy? good. Yeah, I think it was I think it was Romney or something. Fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> they're great. Did we did they're we do great. a clip from that? Is Peter Sagan back? We had to have done that. I don't think we I don't think we were that desperate for you. Sure, <laughs> we did it for Chris Froome on Melvin Two Challenge, right? He was back. <laughs> for one day <laughs> <laughs> he was Broom went faster on Col de la Cuyole than Pagacha did in Paranese makes you think hmm? makes you think interesting one final thing I want to bring up for a second that you are not prepared for so I'm just going to do it anyway Hen Duebelhem is coming up tomorrow and obviously it's a wonderful day in Belgium to have Hen Duebelhem on is the calendar is it good weather or bad? I have, I have no clue man it's, oh, you're there's, not in wind. there's wind in the morning I'm pretty sure which okay. is pretty pre -TV good because as the Muren is pre-TV coverage on, uh, well, the Muren is a section before the hills start yeah. and those Muren is where the echelons tend to occur in this race. Then the hills arrive and then it's like a flat section afterwards where everything can come together. And that's the intrigue when it comes to Gent-Wevelheim. Will it be a group that gets away on the hills, on the echelons or will the peloton come together afterwards? I don't care. Jasper Philipsen is going to destroy everybody. Filippo Ganna is going to win solo. Uh, <laughs> I really liked what I saw at E3. He was out of position before Timeberg, but I think you'll have no trouble getting over into G1 or if G1 is two or three riders, he'll certainly be in the larger G2. I think he and Ineos and other riders who don't want to go to the finish with Jasper Philipson or Merlier will start to move. And yeah. I think Ganna is going to, Fuga della Fuga from that move and then win. I, I really think he looks good. But we have a nice sprinter start list tomorrow, you know. Yep. Melia and Jakobsen, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Last um, time they did that, at Quickstep was held the prize, right? Yeah. I mean, Jasper Philipson beat Bennett and Cavendish? I don't think it'll work. I mean, Alperson did that with Philipson and Merlier last year and it didn't yep. work. So, I mean, listen, maybe one of them, you know, you increase your chances one of them makes it over the, what, the Campbell's the last. I'm looking for a better performance from Benny tomorrow, and that's what I want to see, to see his shape, because he was really out of it in, in E3. Yumbo got a weird squad. Van Aert Laporte and then Van Hooydonk come in from their E3 team, but then it's Koi Rosen, Van Dijk, Tim Van Dijk, and Jos Van Enden. So I guess, like, this is, if Koi makes it, for sure they'll lead out Koi, right? Otherwise, there is zero point yeah. sending him. I think so as well, and he would have the best lead out he's ever had if they do that. Wait. Laporte and Van Aert. <laughs> ahead of him. That being said, I think there's a, a more plausible scenario where Van Aert and Laporte actually are in a group ahead or being attacking on the hills while Koi is their sprinting option. And if that occurs, then it's a question of, well, are they going to pace in the front group with Van Aert and Laporte if that happens? I'm guessing yes. But then again, is Van Der Poel in this race as well? He's not. So Alperson really focusing on, on Jasper Philipsen here, while Søren Kranderson might be there. Uh, response to early attacks on the hills and so forth. But anyway, this is a, a race I'm looking forward to. That should, should be, be fun. And hopefully, 
on one end you want it to destroy on the moon because that's fun echelons but it won't be on tv so that's the annoying part yeah there's one more note about the start list molano is not on the start list for uat Emirates, which is unfortunate because he got hit by a car in the training ride uh in wadigham i think this morning or yesterday and somehow he only got away with a concussion and a broken toe which is insane because warning if you look up the images but there's a video where you see the collision with the car and the bike is being thrown away like 25 30 meters so he could have gotten away with serious, serious yeah. injuries. And he's kind of lucky he's still alive. So Milano I'm happy it's, all, it's a broken toe. Uh, that's a, that sucks. And yeah, Lawrence Pithy's another, unfortunately, he had a training crash and he was in really good shape. He was, I think, leading the French Cup for FDJ, yep. which is obviously important for them. And he was supposed to do La Rue Torangelle. Uh, and he, he had a training accident. So best wishes for him. But he's another classics prospect one to follow as well as Dali Ewan we mentioned Merlia Jakobsen Dali Ewan tomorrow can't <laughs> wait to see it I do <laughs> like how this is this is a very different race to E3 with the sprinters having more of a chance because uh, otherwise like like Dwar's Dour I'm not that interested in frankly yeah but Ewan's gonna get dropped like Belgian bias. Ewan's not getting to the final sprint yeah I'm Maybe. still gonna get slabbed by Ewan tomorrow when he gets, yeah. when, when he gets reckon, over all the hills, he's going to be like, I reckon oh. Ewan's got a bit of... <laughs> a oh, dog I'll in show it? you. Yeah, well, no, it's not going too far, but I think... <laughs> but, and if I he mean, gets to the sprint, want... he'll be in a shit position anyway, so... Trek got to get a result here. This is... Yeah. They got to get a top five here with Sturvin and Patterson. Like, yep. I mean, they don't have to. They'll Mate, still be able to last go year, home to their families, but... They got a top five last year, and we weren't happy. Yeah, but that was shameful. <laughs> um, anyway, can't wait to watch that. We'll have the recap of that as well as the Catalonia stage. Should be a really good afternoon of cycling. And uh, then we'll, yeah, we'll see you then tomorrow. Until then, ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 